Welcome back for part two of Pastor Tim's message, Do Not Worry, from Luke chapter 12, verses 22 through 34. Jesus doesn't just tell us not to worry and then abandon us to figure out how to do that on our own. No, here in Luke 12, he gives us very practical help on how to stop worrying and start trusting. Here's Pastor Tim. Right? Number three. A third thing for you to consider are the roses. Consider the roses. <clears throat> now, I know that when I get to verse number 27, it says consider the lilies. But lilies doesn't start with an R and roses do. So that's why you got that one in there. <laughs> so here's the, here's the issue, though. Consider the flowers. Consider vegetation. Because he's going to talk about lilies, and he's going to talk about grass that's in there. Consider these things that grow, that's plant life. Give your consideration there. God's going to use that to bring correction to us. And this time, it's not just loving correction. It's not just a logical correction. This time it is a lasting correction. A lasting correction. Look at what he says there in verse number 27. Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Look at verse 28. If then God so clothes the grass which today is in the field and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, how much more will He clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. I don't want little faith. I want bigger faith. I want greater faith. And the correction that comes to me is from the ground, from the grass, from the flowers. Simply looking at that and seeing their incredible beauty and knowing that God has put that together and that's not even his masterpiece. You are. If you are his masterpiece, don't you know that he's going to take care of all of those needs that you have? Let me give you one more. Consider the reprobate, the sinner, you know, the stinking rotten sinner. That's the, that's the kind that we're talking about when we get down to verse number 29. Look at what he says. He says, do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious, worryful mind. For all these things the nations of the world seek after. You see what he's doing? You see the comparison that he's making? He's talking to his disciples, and he's saying, you're supposed to be different. Yes, you're going to face the same kind of challenges, the same kind of problems, the same kind of issues as everybody else, but your response must be different. The nations of the world, he's talking about sinners. He's talking about those who don't belong to Christ. He says, sinners in the world, they worry. They are anxious about what's coming because they don't know the loving Heavenly Father. And you do. Don't be like them. Don't be like the reprobate. Consider them. It's a lost correction. He is continually making corrections and changes in our lives that we might trust Him more and more and more. Well, 
I want some changes, that's for sure. I need some changes. I mean, there's some changes I really don't want, you know. But there's some things I need to do, and I need to do those things differently. Can I tell you this? What God wants out of your life is far deeper than you making course corrections. Then you're just simply doing things a little bit different. See, your Christian walk is not about you doing. Your Christian life is about what He's already done for you. What He is continuing to do in you. So it's not just corrections that I'm after. I'm after cure, right? So let me tell you this. Number four, worry has a sure cure. It is a sure cure. It is talking about real, lasting change that will come to your life. And you think, well, whew, good, because that's what I need. I need a change. And what we're probably thinking about is I need a change in my circumstances. I need a, I need a change in my situation. That might not be what he does. It's not the change in the situation that is the object of the cure. The object of the cure is you. It's a change in you. You ever had to change your diet for whatever reason? I want to tell you something. That's terrible. (laughs) That is just terrible. I mean, there are corrections that we need to make. There's a cure that needs to happen. But nobody wants to do that. And I'll tell you this. Even in the church, there are very few people who want to do these next six things I'm about to tell you. There are six items that Jesus points to and says, this is the sure cure for worry. You want it to dissipate from your life? You don't want to raise your hand next time the preacher asks, are you a worrier? You don't want your kids to raise your hand, to raise their hand, you know, when they say, were you mothered by a worrier? You dare your husband to raise his hand, you know. Yeah, I want it gone. So this is how it goes. Number one. Reaffirm the omniscience of God. Reaffirm the omniscience of God. I mean, I, I know and I believe in my heart that He is an omniscient God. Omniscience just simply means that He knows everything, right? Well, that's what He says there in verse number 30. Look what He says at the end of that. We read the first, that first phrase, and He says this, And your Father knows that you need these things. You need to reaffirm that. You begin to worry. What's the first thing you say? You don't say to my soul, soul, (laughs) you have many goods laid up for many years. No, you say soul. Your God knows. Your Father already knows what you have need of. There's no need to worry. There's no need to fret. God knows what a simple and yet profound statement. God knows. I'm not sure of much that comforts my heart better than to simply know that God knows where I am and what I'm going through. Number two, refocus on the kingdom of God. Refocus on the kingdom of God. I mentioned this to you just a moment ago. It, it, it reminds us of what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount in verse number 31. He says, but seek the kingdom of God 
and all these things will be added to you. I'm not to focus on what I'm supposed to eat, what I'm supposed to wear, what I'm supposed to do, all of those things. I focus on Him. It's His duty to take care of me. It is His privilege to take care of me. And if I understand that He has full knowledge already of everything that I need, then knowing that He loves me, I can have confidence that He's going to meet and take care of every one of those needs. So I just focus on Him. Focus on Him. Hey, try this sometime. When you go to your prayer time, you go into your prayer closet, and you're, you're, you're praying, you know, our tendency is to whip out our list. God, these are the things that I need or that I want. And, and sometimes we whip out a list for other people, and boy, that's good. We start praying for them and the things that they need, things that they might want. Try this. Try to spend an entire prayer time and don't ask God for anything. Just soak in His presence. Praise Him for who He is. Thank Him for what He's done. Worship Him. Exalt Him. Magnify Him. Refocus your mind on the King and on His kingdom. And then these things will be taken care of by Him. Number three, you need to rekindle. Rekindle your confidence in God. Rekindle your confidence in God. If I, have, if I am a believer, there has come a time when I have, I have trusted Him for everything. And now that I'm worrying, I'm, I'm, I know you don't like this word, but I'm backsliding. I, I, I'm, I'm falling backwards. I need to stir that flame that's in my heart again. I need to rekindle this confidence and faith and trust and dependence that I have upon God. Look at verse 32. Here's a new command. He's already given us one command. He said, do not worry. And now he says, do not fear, little flock. Do not fear, little flock. Those sheep are absolutely dependent upon their shepherd. Did you know that a sheep eating that grass, if, if this whole stage is, is, uh, is the foal that the sheep's in or the field where he's been taken to, Maybe over here on this side, there's a, there's a little patch of grass over here. But I'm one of these kind of sheep. <laughs> I'm standing over here playing in the dirt like, like a, like a first-year little leaguer. <laughs> you know, I'm just in the dirt. There's no food over here. There's no provision over here. And I hate to say it, but I don't have enough sense nor innovation to get to that grass right over there. It's right there. The sheep need the shepherd to gently take that little staff and bring that sheep out of the dirt and into the grass where he can meet all of his needs. God may be gently using his staff to move you, little flock, from one place to another where he might provide for every need that you have in your life. You need to you need to be reminded. 
need to rekindle that confidence that you have in Him. Not to, not to fight against that, that little crook when it comes around and, and He's trying to lead you somewhere. But just to know that He's doing everything that you need from Him. Number four, is that where we are? Number four is relax. Relax, I sound like Aaron Rodgers. Relax. Relax this time in the benevolence of God. Relax in the benevolence of God, in the goodness of God. We sang about it just a few moments ago. Now we relax in that, in simply knowing that He is a good and benevolent God. Let's go back to verse 32. After He calls us His little flock, He says, For it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. First of all, I would remind you of this. Revelation chapter 4, verse number 11, the Bible says that you are created for God's good pleasure. Do you know that one of the pleasures that He has is in taking care of you? God takes pleasure in attending to your real needs. For you to have confidence in Him and to trust Him that is, that, is, that is some of the highest praise that you could possibly offer to Him. And so I'm able to relax knowing that it is His good pleasure. What were, wait, what were they worrying about? Let me look, let me look. Let me go back to verse 22. Don't worry about your life. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about your body. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. Oh yeah, they were talking about those kind of things. You know what He's prepared to give you? The kingdom. You're worried about clothes. And he wants to give you the kingdom. You're worried about food. Man, He wants to give you the kingdom. You're worried, about, you're worried about this one task that He's given to you. He wants to give you authority in His kingdom. He's got far more in store for you than you could ever even dream of. Why would I doubt a God, a King, a Father who is good like that. Number five, reallocate your offerings to God. Reallocate your offerings to God. There, there, is, a, there is a connection between the passage that we looked at last week and the passage that we look at this week. Look at what he says there in verse number 33. He says, Sell what you have and give alms. In other words, give an offering. Give your tithe. Give offerings above that. You know, what if he had told that rich fool in the last verse, hey, you want to know what to do with all your stuff? Don't, don't tear down the barn and build bigger barns. Sell the stuff that's in the barn. Just sell it. Sell the barn. Sell it. Give an offering back to the Lord that He deserves. What if you return to the Lord the things that He has required of you? Tim, you talking about tithe? Sure, I'm talking about tithe. Talking about offering? Yep, talking about offering. You talking about my time? Yep, talking about your time. What does the Lord require? You know, that you seek mercy. Do justice. That you live faithfully 
with your God. Give these things back to the Lord. When you give what you have, what you can do, what you can offer, whatever it is, when you can give that stuff away, guess who doesn't have to worry about it anymore? When you give it, then your hands are off of it, right? And it's very interesting that the very source of our worry is the thing that God requires of us. If you're going to worry about it, you've not given it to Him. Just give it to Him. If it's health, give it to Him. If it's finances, give it to Him. If it's needs, if it's basic, housing, clothing, shelter, you know, all of that, give it to Him. And allow Him to return back to you exactly what you need. Let me give you one more. I think this one's an important one. I think it's a difficult one. It's to realign your values with God's. Sometimes we get so familiar in our relationship with God that we really begin to think that God's there simply to be our servant. That the things that I value the things that are in my plan and the things that I believe are my purposes, I think God should have to adjust to me. And what we've learned over the last couple of weeks is that God never adjusts to us. If an adjustment has to be made, then it has to come from you. Notice what he says as he finishes this section. After he tells him to sell what he has and give alms, he says, provide yourselves money bags which do not grow old. It's not going to be here, is it? He says, it is a treasure in the heavens, one that does not fail, where no thief approaches, nor moth destroys. And here's the principle above all principles here. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If your heart is filled with worry about all the things of this life, where's your heart? It's with the things of this life. If my all-consuming passion is to know the Lord, to be used of the Lord, if everything about me is consumed with that, what is God doing in my life, for my life? What is He doing through my life? That's where my heart is. And that's where He's going to work. He'll use you if you'll let Him. Let me ask you to bow your head and close your eyes with me. All right. It was in a little bit of fun at the beginning. But I ask you, how many of you are worriers? Not just, not just worrying over this one circumstance that you're in. But you've allowed worry... To define your life. So much so that not only have you been willing to admit that, but other people around you notice. Repent and believe. Be restored. 
Be revived. Don't let it bypass as a joke. Let God do something wonderful in you today. It may be that you need to give your heart to Jesus in the first place. I can help you with that. Maybe you need to plant your life in our church. I can help you with that. You want somebody to pray with you? I can help you with that. If you need me, I want you to come. If you need to gather in this altar all by yourself or with a friend, I encourage you to do that today. Lord Jesus, you know what we need. The same way that you provide for our physical needs, you are providing right now for our spiritual needs. Through your Holy Spirit who resides within us, or your Holy Spirit who's on the outside convicting us, Father, I pray that you'd bless this moment. Help us to follow you in absolute and complete obedience today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Stand with me. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is church office at BritDavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Brit David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Brit David Podcast.